everyone. Welcome back to Living Electric. We just hit a milestone. We are on episode 60. So thank you yes. guys for all the support and getting us to this point. That's awesome. Definitely. That's essentially what, uh, well, at the beginning, we kind of didn't exactly follow suit with the one episode a week like we're doing now. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so definitely got, got up to this point fast by doing these weekly episodes. Right. So we are doing a little bit of a lighter episode today um, since it's Monday morning. Uh, you know, Alex and I are still <laughs> waking up. Uh, it's a holiday. <laughs> um, but we do have some exciting news. We're going to cover some updates on our content, on our, um, you know, our YouTube channels and so forth. But to begin, Alex and I are going to be at Fully Charged Live this upcoming weekend in San Diego. Yes, yeah, September 10th through 11th, so Saturday and Sunday in uh, in San Diego, San Diego Convention Center. Um, I would definitely, if you're in the area, I would de definitely recommend you attend. And that's coming from somebody that has never been there before. So <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> definitely a, a very cool event. Just the coverage I see from it every year is really neat. And there's... A great way to really immerse yourself in everything EV all at once if you really just yep. want to kind of take it all in and see what's out there. Because every major automaker I know of is going to be there. Every major charging network is going to be there. There's just going to be a lot happening. So really cool event and excited to go out there for the first time. Yeah, it should be a good time. It's going to be my first time as well. Okay. And, um... I wasn't sure if you had been before, but yeah. No, no, I wish. I mean, like, even just like as a um, person who's visiting instead of working a booth, which come visit the Chargeway booth. I'll be in uh, booth 410. Nice. Okay. <laughs> I'll be there all weekend. Um, but uh, yeah, no, this is my first time. But like, you know, to give a little like background on Fully Charged, um, the, technically it's called Fully Charged Show, which is a YouTube channel. They have almost a million subscribers. Um, Robert is the host and, you know, they have co-hosts and different, um, people who sponsor their, their videos, but it's all about electrification from, um, solar panels to electric vehicles, to e-bikes, to scooters, you name it. Mm -hmm. Um, all of that is going to be covered in San Diego. So it's going to be a really cool event. Um, so try to find Alex and I, uh, Tyler's going to be there too. <laughs> yes. We'll yes. wear our, I'm sure you'll be wearing Chargeway gear. I'll probably yep. be wearing my own like YouTube gear and some Living Electric gear. So hopefully you can spot yep. us through that. I'm also really tall. I've noticed like people that watch me on uh, <laughs> either see me on like video calls don't realize how tall I am. So like if you see a tall guy that kind of looks like me, it's probably me. So <laughs> <laughs> I, that was actually what I was going to say too. I'm like, just look for tall Alex <laughs> and look for loud Brandon. <laughs> Or listen for loud Brandy because you'll find right, me. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm quieter, so you'll probably see me from a distance before you hear me. <laughs> but seriously, you know, if you guys are in the San Diego, California area, come check Fully Charged Live. Um, it's going to be awesome. Definitely. There's going to be so many cool things, so many cool people to meet. It's going to be a good time. For sure. Moving on to media because we have been very busy. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yes. Definitely. Yeah, so we've... Uh... We finally kind of started to get in the circles where you can get actual media vehicles. So like those that aren't in the content creation space, if you see your favorite YouTuber or <clears throat> even like a car show that's reviewing a car, typically that is not one that they have bought. That's usually provided to them by the auto OEM that has their own media and marketing department. And they basically have a fleet of cars they send out for the, these events for people to test and, and drive and write up, write stuff up on, either make videos or write articles or whatever. Um, but recently, so I've f been fortunate enough to connect with some of those companies. I just got a Kia EV6, so I'm working on scripting that video right now. Um, but super impressive vehicle, and I'm currently driving a Mustang Mach-E. So 
um, those two videos should be hitting the channel in the next next few weeks. Um, but yeah, that's that's been really cool that we've started to do that. And you've got a couple vehicles of your own you've been testing, right? Yes. Yeah. Not not fully electric like <laughs> like you have, which I'm jealous because the EV6 and the Maki are really really cool cars. Yeah. We actually we were supposed to get that EV6. I think the same one, but they canceled on us. Really? And they're moving it to an event, so we're getting it later. Oh, on. okay. Yeah, I think well, in October. At least they'll get it. That's good. Ready to reschedule. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I've heard great things about the EV6, and obviously we've driven the Mach-E, right. so that's a great car, right. <laughs> too. But um, yeah, no, the, the cars we're currently getting are the uh, hybrid versions of the Kia Sorento okay. uh, SUV, and then next week we're getting the Kia Sportage hybrid, mm. which is another SUV. And um, I mean, we're averaging over 40 miles to the gallon in a three-row SUV right now, which solid. is pretty, yeah. it's pretty impressive. Yeah. And it does run on the battery itself when it's just sitting there, like when it's like, I'm doing air quotes, idling. Yeah. <laughs> so, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> which is really nice. Um, but yeah, no, we're we're in with Kia now, so we're going to be getting, you know, a lot of their their press vehicles, their plug-in hybrids and so forth for Clean Technica. So That's awesome. Should be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What's your uh, what's your initial impressions? I'm guessing you haven't driven an, a gas vehicle for a while. What's your like? <laughs> what's the that adjustment like? Because I just did that the same this past weekend with my dad's car, and it was weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I it was so like at first I'm like, oh, this is kind of slow, and then I realized I had it in eco mode, okay. which like you know obviously tries to make it more efficient. Right. If you switch it to sport mode or like what they call it smart mode, which is kind of like the balance between eco and sport, right. it's a lot it's a lot better to drive. Like there's a lot more power that gets delivered to the front wheels. That's good. Um so the only thing I'm not looking forward to is going to the gas station. So Tyler's doing that when I'm on a work <laughs> trip tomorrow. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> but um it's been honestly, it's been it's been nice. I think the only thing that like going from the Model 3's interior, which I've been like getting really comfortable with to a different setup is getting used to having steering wheel buttons again, getting used to a man or like a, um, a dialogue, um, no analog. analog. I think that's what yep. they call it. Like that. Yeah. Analog, you know, like a gauge cluster versus like a digital gauge cluster. But, um, overall it's been nice. Like I just wish that it was, you know, the plug-in version. Right. I think I would have enjoyed it more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I've noticed is like anytime I hop back in a gas car, I'm immediately like, oh, like this, it almost solidifies that I'm like, I'm not going back to a gas vehicle. <laughs> just even the, <laughs> even just the driving experience itself, like when you press on the gas pedal, it take like, there's not a huge delay, but it's noticeable where it's like, oh, it's, it hasn't sped up yet. <laughs> and, <Yes. laughs> and, and, uh, and like the regen braking, I didn't realize like how, much better that makes the driving experience for me at least like one pedal driving is awesome not having to hit the brake like getting used to that like coasting was a huge adjustment for me switching back to driving my dad's car this past weekend um but even yeah. there's like those two main things i'm like i don't like this <laughs> it's like i don't know if it's just because what i'm used to now driving so many evs but i like i can't drive a car now that doesn't have one pedal driving that isn't doesn't have that instant torque it's like it feels like a step back in a lot of ways um and not to yeah. not to bash on yeah. kia for <laughs> for those vehicles but like i mean if they're not electric that's hard to have those those kind of features in a non-electric vehicle so yeah and, and and that was like the tough transition because like you know with hybrids i don't exactly have a lot of experience with just traditional hybrid vehicles right so i know that there's 
regenerative braking, but it only engages when you put your foot on the brake pedal. Right. Like it's not like right. one pedal driving. So when I first got into it, um, just the sheer amount of coasting yeah. where the car doesn't slow down at mm -hmm. all. I'm like, wow, this is the, the, you know, just the propulsion of the vehicle, like threw me off at right. first. And then seeing yourself or the gauge move to like charging the battery when you put your foot <laughs> on the brake yeah. really threw me right. off. But then I got used to it like immediately once I, you know, remember that, yeah, it does not have <laughs> right. one pedal driving. Right. I feel like it's also safer when like the default car state is slowing down or stopped. Like if you think about it in a gas car, like if you let go and like you're not hitting anything, the car's just going to continue to roll forward which I feel like is more unsafe. Like if you were like, God forbid something happened to you when you were driving or like even just reaction times too. It's like, as soon as you like let up on the accelerator, your car starts slowing down. So it's like, you don't yeah. even have, yeah. you get an extra like second <laughs> that you might like be switching <laughs> to the, the brake pedal where your car is already slowing down, which I, I really like. Yeah, I definitely prefer the one pedal driving aspects of EVs. And it's been so long since I've driven a plug-in hybrid that like I don't even like fully remember if it has like proper, you know, right. region. Like <laughs> our like our volt like in low mode was kind of like the one pedal driving okay. like option. So like you had to you would put it in drive and then you have to go back to low because you'd get extra region, mm. but you would still have to utilize the brake pedal in some instances. It wasn't like what you know, what our Model 3 does or what the Bolt or other EVs offer. Right, right. But, um, so I do have a question. So since we're on the topic of Kia and you <laughs> had a chance to have an EV6 for a week, how was that? It was really nice. Um, really just well-built car in general. You can tell, like, they, they made it as efficient as possible, like, just in the design of it, the, like, the charging aspect of it. Like, that's the fastest charging car I've I've personally experienced, um, that wasn't a Tesla. I mean, <laughs> like it got up to, I was at like 20% state of charge plugged in and it went from 20 to 80% in 20 minutes, um, with wow. peaks of 235 kilowatts, I think. So, I mean, wow. that's a, a green seven, right? Um, so yep. crazy fast. I mean, the fastest you can really get out of a current vehicle. Um, and it was pulling over 200 kilowatts at above 50% state of charge. That's probably the more impressive part. Cause like in my car, if I pull up to a V3 station, it's at the highest rates that like the red seven for like maybe 20 to like 35%, but then it's, it quickly drops off and it gets slower. Um, but for yeah. a vehicle to like sustain that charging speed for that long, I was crazy impressed. So um, that was really impressive. There were a couple parts I didn't like, and I'm trying to be very like unbiased as a reviewer to be like, Hey, is this something that I just personally don't like? And others may like, like trying to, trying to take myself, like my personal preferences out of it. Um, but there was like, like I, I almost noticed there was a little bit of a lag in the pedal. Like they almost tried to mimic a gas vehicle, which I wasn't a huge fan mm -hmm. of, even in sport mode. Like when you press on the pedal, it like. It still felt like there was a delay, which I thought was a little odd. Granted, I did have the rear wheel drive version. I didn't have the all wheel drive. So I'm thinking that may have contributed as well. Um, just cause yeah. I, it did, doesn't have as much power and only one motor. <laughs> so I think that might, uh, <laughs> that might've contributed. So I'm curious if, uh, I haven't driven the all wheel drive. So I'm curious if that has a little more kick to it. Tyler and I, we drove the all wheel drive, um, the wind variant, right. um, because I know you had the, uh, GT line right. rear wheel right. drive 
And the all-wheel drive reminded us actually like the Taycan we drove last really? year. Really? Like, okay. It, yeah, you you definitely there's no delay. It's instant torque, okay. and it does throw you back in your okay. seat. Like it has a lot more power. That's yeah, that's what I've heard from because a buddy of mine has an all wheel drive, and he's he said the same thing. He's like, I am impressed with how much power this car has as like a crossover. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I <laughs> so I'm thinking that's just the rear wheel drive. So that's probably going to be my my recommendation if you do want that extra power, like go for the all wheel drive. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, overall, I mean, it was it was really solid. It the, I actually brought it to a Tesla event. We had our like end of summer Tesla event and had a bunch of Tesla owners come out and check it out, um, which was interesting hearing all their perspectives because a lot of people are pretty biased when they have when they drive a Tesla. Um, yeah. <laughs> and all of them like were really impressed with it. They're like, "This is a really nice car. Fit and finish is like a lot better than my car." I can tell you that. Even just like the insulation in the cabin, like that's something I notice immediately going into any other car than mine. Is like you don't hear as much wind noise or tire noise or just like exterior noise in general. It's just it's just so much better done on some of these other vehicles. Um, and that's something I didn't really like think about or was expecting till I hopped in <laughs> and started driving a little yeah. bit. Yeah, we noticed that with the art, like the Sorento we currently have, just like how, well, like, so like I know Kia and like Hyundai products, they really stepped up their quality in like the last decade. And it's really shown, especially like the newer vehicles, like you, you shut the doors on the Sorento and it almost reminds me of like shutting a Mercedes right? door. Like yeah. it's solid, it's quiet on the inside, like it's, it's awesome. Right. Like they've done such a good job with upping their quality. Definitely, definitely. So that's, that's something I definitely noticed. It, it was a very like comfortable efficient like design car which i really liked um the only i think probably the biggest negative was just the the like car interface in general i feel like they stole that from some other kia vehicles like it wasn't as ev designed or as modern as it could be granted it was like still better than anything from five years ago. So <laughs> again, I think I'm kind of like biased towards the Tesla touchscreens that are all like very modern, like pretty well laid out UI wise. Um, and even like I'm testing the Mach-E right now and I, I'm really liking the design of that touchscreen and like how that's laid out. It's very like simple, big buttons and all that stuff. So um, yeah, that's there. it's such a transition period in a lot of vehicles where they're like, People are trying to figure out what the best design is for a car interface because we're rethinking a ton of stuff now. I almost feel like, you know, you kind of just got me thinking now. Like, I know when, like, the Model S first came out and you had that big vertical 17-inch screen and, like, now the Model 3 and the Mach-E, you know, they have 15-inch screens and you're starting to see 14-inch. I almost feel like we need to start getting away from the smaller screens. And this is kind of a controversial topic, (laughs) so I'd love to hear what anybody else thinks about this. But just based on the sheer amount of information and control that, like, the driver needs to utilize throughout their driving, I feel like that's where those bigger screens will be better than, like, the smaller, more, you know, landscape view screens. Because, like, the Sorento, I'm pretty sure, has the same screen size as the EV6 does. Mm. Um, But... It, it just doesn't, when you have Apple CarPlay, it's, it's shrunken and it's more spread out. Right. Which is, you know, if you, if you like that design, but I almost feel like it's just better on bigger screens. Right. So, but. Yeah, that's, I was kind of thinking about that driving the Mach-E because the Mach-E has CarPlay as well. And I've been using that. I've kind of been switching between CarPlay and like the built-in navigation to see like what it's like. Um, and that's something I noticed as well is like the car screen is not there just to like be big it's there to display information so like 
I always want a bigger screen because you can see more of the information. Like you yep. don't have this tiny little map there anymore. It's it's literally like a map sized map. <laughs> like we yeah. used to like people used to <laughs> exactly. fold out the big maps. You can now see all that on this screen. Um, yeah. So that needs to be like very big. That's like the default I have up anytime I'm driving is this big map, whether or not I know where I'm going or not. Like I have the map up, so I know where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that I like being really big. And then music is really the only other thing I interact with when I'm in the car. So having those two interfaces be like really solid and really well built, that's like the most important for me. So I'm curious what yeah. you, you think of that though. Yeah. It, it's funny because like, you know, like at first, before we like got our Model Three, I was kind of like cautious about like the infotainment screen because like I was so used to like the the Chevy Bolt and like our ID Four, and just like how the design was of those. And like getting into the Model Three, especially last week when I just you know drove like a thousand miles essentially, and like being in the car for three days straight, I really like learned to appreciate the design and like the simple or the simplicity of just one big touchscreen. Yeah. Versus having, you know, like some of like the other designs of like other vehicles. But the the thing is, is that like the interface has to work for the driver. <laughs> right. And it has to yep. provide the information you're looking for in a simple way. Right. Like you can't just be scrolling through, you know, menus. And Tyler, I'm sure, has more opinions on this with his <laughs> you know, professional degree. Right. But um, yeah, it's just, um, it, it's interesting trying to learn how other companies are utilizing their user interface versus like what we're currently used right. to. Um, but that doesn't mean Tesla's perfect, no, you know, like there's no. definitely room for improvement there too. Right. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I, I think for screen size, I always thought like, oh, that's going to be distracting. But now I'm like, bigger is kind of better in this yeah. aspect. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like the the real estate of a bigger screen. Definitely, definitely. And for, for maps, especially, I think that's the biggest thing. Like that needs to be really well done on EVs is the, or just cars in general, I guess. Um, but specifically with maps is like the routing for charging and all that stuff. Like that needs to be really well done. Um, and I noticed when I was driving the Mach-E yesterday, if you route through, um, I have Android, so Android Auto, if you route through that, it does not add charging stops. It'll just route you to your destination without stopping. It doesn't take battery percentage into account at all. Um, and I'm not sure if other cars do that, somehow integrate with Google Maps to say like, Hey, your car's at 70% and you won't arrive with enough. So we need to stop here. Like, I'm not sure. I know Google's trying to add that in, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I know the Polestar <laughs> and the, the other Volvo products that have like actual Android right. auto, like, you know, like the software for right. the vehicle that ties into your vehicle. But I think the different layering of Android auto and CarPlay utilizing your phone is a different layer versus what's connecting to your actual right. vehicle. Right. So I think. I'm I'm pretty sure that like when you plug in your phone via like a USB or like it's wireless, it doesn't connect to your actual right, vehicle. Right. So yeah, which I know Apple's working on that with their next generation yeah. of CarPlay. Yeah. But yeah, it would be nice if there was a way to at least pair in the two, you know, so you can find charging stations. <laughs> yeah, because that kind of whatever. <laughs> I was thinking it's like it defeats the purpose of CarPlay or Android Auto if you like if you can't get charging stops. It's like I'm not going to use my yeah. my phone if it's not going to like do all of it for me. Um, so I found that as kind of a gap because I know a lot of people prefer CarPlay or Android Auto, and I've like I haven't experienced it a lot, but the I've been using it a ton with the Mach E, and it is great. Like all of your notifications pop up there. Like your music is already yep. built in and like ready to play. And like, it's got a really good layout. It fills up the whole screen. Like it's really solid. Um, and I can see why people would want that on a Tesla 
But again, I'm like, then if you route through Google Maps, then you're not going to get charging stops and it's not going <laughs> to like take all that stuff into account. So like you're, it's kind of a give and take with it, unfortunately. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, is that like, I, I do want to give a shout out to Chargeway. We do have an Apple CarPlay app. We don't have it for Android Auto <coughs> yet, oh, dang. but there are some apps that you can download to help you find charging stations and like do routes, but it doesn't precondition the battery pack. Like, you know, like Tesla's navigation, yeah. but, um, so um, you've been driving a Model 3 a lot longer yeah. than I have. And I know Tesla sends out like navigation updates to, you know, update maps. They just came out with an update for better visuals for like, you know, real-time traffic alert. Have you noticed that your mapping isn't as up-to-date as you think it would be? Like, say, for example, if there's construction that's been going on for months now, it's obviously that like the data is out there somewhere. <laughs> right. Google has it. Why doesn't our yeah. Tesla have it? Have you noticed that? I have. Um there's one specific example. There's like a little shopping center right by our house. Um, and if we drive there, it will tell us to like go to the intersection, do a U-turn and then turn right into the stopping center. So like basically drive past it, do a U-turn and then turn right into it. And it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I was in the car yeah, with that one. So, <laughs> <laughs> you probably know what I'm talking about when we got bagels. Um, yep. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and when, and it thinks there's a median there because I think that's how it used to be before they like kind of revamped that area. Mm. And there's not a median there. You can just turn left into the parking lot. You don't need to cross anything. So I've noticed that a yeah. ton, like just random little places where it's like, oh, you need to go this weird random route. And I'm like, can I just turn here? Like, why is it telling me to go this, this roundabout <laughs> right. way? Yeah. I have noticed that. And yeah, I... I know part of it, like on the data aspects, and I could be completely off base here, but this is at least how I'm thinking about it is you can't do like complete real-time mapping because it would just be like too much data for the car to download all at once to say like oh like we're getting like the live data of this uh of this road or whatever like it pre-downloads a ton of that stuff onto the map so you can pull it up quicker and it loads faster and all that stuff yeah i have noticed that a lot where it's like you can tell it's definitely out of date by more than just like a month. <laughs> like it's, it's been like this for yeah. years and it hasn't <laughs> been changed. So, and I know, and I know yeah. they don't use, I don't think they use Google for routing. I know they use Google for like their base maps, I think, but they don't use it for the routing. So it's also this weird kind of okay. combination of like a Google map interface, but then it's like routing using some other program and it, it, i think there's some conflict there as well okay yeah because like I, I remember you know years ago when i like worked for tesla like i'm pretty sure we used google for the mapping oh, and okay. the routing you know like which was nice because you could count on it but like this trip to michigan last week i i gotta tell you it was driving me nuts because there was more construction that had clearly been going on mm. for months and exits were closed and like you know like the car was like take this exit and i'm like it said no oh, exit for no. five miles. So like, I, you know, like I was prepared to take it and then I realized it was closed. So I had to drive, do all these oh, U-turns. And the, the most frustrating thing was, is that when I would type in superchargers, it would miss the superchargers. Like uh, up in Traverse City at the, there's a supercharger at a Myers right. up there. And it would take you to the opposite part of the parking lot to where the supercharger actually That's was. Interesting. And like the geo pin was totally off. Um, it, it just... It was driving me That's nuts. Really I like I texted Tyler when I got to the supercharger. I'm like, I miss car. Right. Play. Yeah. <laughs> I miss like reliable like navigation because it, it just it was 
it really added time to my trip because it kept getting me lost. It tried taking me down streets that didn't exist anymore. Like, That's a situation like unique to EVs as well, because not only you probably lost time, but you're also then wasting more battery if you're trying to drive around, get to the right exit, or yeah. do the roundabout <laughs> way to get to it. Um, so that's all. It's almost like yeah. more crucially important for uh, for EVs than other cars. So that yeah, I I haven't experienced that where it like told me to go to the wrong side of the parking lot. I have had it like loop around where it's like, oh well, that exit's closed. I've got to loop around, and there's no other way to go. So yeah. I'm gonna waste an extra ten miles, fifteen <laughs> miles on my battery because I got to drive up and around. So yeah, it's it's a problem yeah. for sure. Yeah, it was it was frustrating. So hopefully Tesla can figure that out. Right. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I'm not going <laughs> to throw shade because you know the the rest of the drive was great. The supercharging aspect was you know fantastic. But yeah, just the navigation. Right. I'm like, come on, right. like please update yeah. this. <laughs> so when it comes to content, you know, obviously we're recording more than just with vehicles. And um, I'm going to push this topic <laughs> to you since you've been recording more with like e-bikes. Yeah, yeah, we're we're getting one soon. Um, but I would love to know like how things have been going. Yeah, with that. so I I got the uh the hemiway cruiser i did like 30 almost kind of a faux vlog where i was like basically recording like what i was taking my e-bike to go do for 30 days um so all those are posted on my youtube channel um should have a playlist for them as well i realized after i did it too i only posted 29 videos because like after yeah no. <laughs> i'm a fraud <laughs> you're uh, fraud <laughs> But I went back and I realized like day eight or something like that of having it, I didn't ride the bike at all. So I didn't post a video and then just skip to day nine. Um, But then in the future, I would, if I skipped a day where I didn't ride at all, I would basically like the following day would be the next day instead of like just missing a day completely. Um, So I did miss a day like randomly in the middle there. So only 29 videos in my 30 day e-bike challenge. But um that went really well i did a full review of the bike as well um it's been really solid like i'm still taking it on short trips around town like it's not it wasn't just for the the content like i really do want to get into more biking than taking my car places where we're at in in uh, columbus it's very bikeable and i can get to a lot of places quickly so it's it's been really fun um so that video is posted but then i've also got a van moof s3 um so I've been riding that a ton. I'll have to look. They actually, like, it's very Tesla-esque, um, which is kind of fun. Because they actually have an app that, like, connects to the bike, which is cool. You can use, like, the app to unlock oh, it nice. and lock the bike. And it's got, like, the the Apple Find My, like, AirTag type thing built into it. So you can see, like, if you oh, left it somewhere, that, like, where cool. it's at. Or if it, yeah, or if it gets or stolen. But I've only ridden, like, 30 miles on it, and I like to get at least, like, 100 miles in on a bike, typically, if I'm gonna, <laughs> if I'm gonna review it. So I've had yeah. that for a couple of weeks now. I just yeah. gotta get out and ride some this week and, and hopefully get a video out on that. Um, but full review on that coming. And... Yeah, that's that's been taking up a lot of my time is all the <laughs> all the videos I've got in the pipeline. So key EV six video I'm scripting right yeah. now. Um Mustang Mach E video I am recording today, hopefully, if the rain holds off after this after we're done recording here. Um and then yeah, I've got to shoot the Van Move video as well and Oh, I've never posted our Ford uh, oh. Lightning video. Yeah, that we shot like lightning a month video. ago. Yeah. So yeah. I've got a I've got a script and and post that one as well. But a lot coming. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that that 
that was the point of today's episode is that we wanted to provide an update of where we are at, you know, with what we're doing with, with content production, with what we're doing with work and, you know, just pretty much like putting out there that like we have a lot (laughs) of things coming through the pipeline and that they'll be out soon. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I did want to ask you, um, you've taken road trips on both the, the EA network. I'm guessing you've used like EVgo some as well and the Tesla network now, like what, like how much better is the Tesla network than, (laughs) than others? (laughs) (laughs) That's a a loaded question. Which one do you prefer? How about that? I'll just ask that. And let you answer. So, so you know how we got the yeah. CCS mm-hmm. adapter? I was up in Michigan, and you know, before I answer that question, I dropped the adapter in I the parking lot. Tweet, um, that yeah. thing, like, and I damaged it. It still works, but oh, it is no. scuffed up. Um, but yeah, it was it was really embarrassing. This really nice ID four driver showed up at the only green five charger in Traverse City that works. It's the only oh, fast charger in that entire area that works. All of them are down at the moment. And I, you know, I was topping off because I was taking right. like station photos and I felt like a jerk because I'm like, right. I <laughs> down the street. Why am I using this? So, so I was panicking and I pulled the connector off and I like threw it oh, across no. the parking lot and it like maybe went 15 oh, feet geez. and yeah, it was bad. Um, super embarrassing. But, um, so, you know, I was utilizing that, that charge point station, but you know, the thing is, is that like. The experience for superchargers is a lot easier because, like, you do have that plug-in charge ability where you just simply pull up and plug mm-hmm. in and it starts charging. Whereas with these other networks, you have to either utilize the RFID cards, the apps, you know, and so forth. And if you don't have good service, sometimes that won't work. But overall, there's not much in terms of, like, a time difference when the station <laughs> right. yeah. actually works. Um, so, so, like, I don't know. I'm a little... The thing that I liked about the supercharger network is that they are literally everywhere and it made the trip up to Traverse City a lot easier than if it would be like in like a, you know, like a green vehicle utilizing the other networks. Um, So like that was nice to have as a fallback, but I I don't know. I I feel like I'm a little indifferent to that question, if I'm being honest, like, yeah, (laughs) I don't know. I like both. Like the ones that cheats, I can get, you know, whatever, like cookies and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. But what about you? I think you just got yeah, your first yeah. taste. Yeah, I that, wasn't. Right? I was like, yeah. I kept an open mind because I'm like, I'm very pro Tesla on their network, and I feel like they still have the best network out there. Um, it's just like significantly better in a lot of ways. Um, uptime being the main one, like they have over 99% uptime, which mm-hmm. is for a charging network in 2022. Like that's pretty damn impressive um, compared to some of the others. Yeah. It's just not yeah. nearly that high. Um, and the like plug and charge is really nice. For Tesla vehicles, you literally pull up, plug in, it's charging within 15 seconds, like you're actively charging your vehicle. And the just even the like site design, station design, how like clean it is, because they know where the port is on every single Tesla vehicle so they can design the site properly. The cable's only like six feet long because that's as long as it needs to be. Um, so that yeah. part's really nice. Yeah. But then going to, I've charged with the Mach-E a couple times on EA, and I've charged with the Kia on an EVgo station. So we drove to Indy this past weekend and stopped in Hilliard on the way over there. Um, we actually ran into Todd and Mariah. They pulled up their Lightning like as soon as <laughs> as soon as we parked. <laughs> it was so That's funny. hilarious. Um, <laughs> I I parked and I was like, uh, I was had just plugged in the Mach-E. We were sitting at the car and then. Uh, they pull up in their lightning. I'm like waving like, hi. And they like had to do a double take because I wasn't in my Tesla. So they were like, who is that? 
That's great. But we were there and we plugged in the first station and it only got up to, we were down like pretty low. We were at like 30% ish plugged in and only got up to 30 kilowatts, which is like really low. Oh, um, that's for that. Even for that state of charge, that's pretty low. Um, and then the session just stopped after like four minutes of being plugged in. Like it just cut out and it said, charging interrupted, please unplug. And it's like, what happened like i don't even know what happened um so i basically i just unplugged from that station drove around plugged into another station and then it ramped up to like 100 120 and it was working fine so (laughs) it's like i don't know what happened there um the nice thing with the ford vehicles though is they do have plug and charge on ea stations so if you got the ford pass Mm -hmm. you basically plug in it recognizes the vehicle it recognizes the payment it'll process all that stuff automatically. It still unfortunately takes like 30 to 40 seconds for it to start the charging session, which is like way too long. Like, especially we're lucky it was nice weather, but like, I didn't want to stand out there in the rain to make sure it was going to actively start charging while like, (laughs) while I was after I'd plugged in the vehicle. (laughs) So that part was definitely a downside. Um, and then just the reliability too is like I had to try two stations and they didn't like the first one didn't work. Um, and then we ran into a very similar thing stopping in Dayton on the way back. It was like late at night in like a dark parking lot. Um, and we plugged into the first station only went up to like seven kilowatts. I'm like, what is going on? Um, so then I, wow. I unplugged and plugged into another station and it, it ramped up to like 150 and I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? So I've got to go test it again, probably to see if it's like a vehicle thing. Cause it's happened twice where I've like plugged in the first station, it didn't work. And then I had to plug it in another one and it worked fine. So I find that odd that it happened twice. Yeah. I don't know if it's like necessarily like a vehicle thing because like we've sure. experienced For that sure. before with like our, our model three utilizing the, the CCS adapter. Um, so I, I do know, and as you know, from like working in the industry, specifically with charging stations, a lot of the EA stations are utilizing mm-hmm. older hardware. And those stations have been there for a while. And I'm noticing actually, based on my research, they're tearing out those stations and putting in their brand new really? okay. power stations, <clears throat> which yes. Yeah, so they they just started doing that in New York, right. like the state of New York. So we should hopefully be seeing more right. reliable stations. But um, the station in Mentor, Ohio, we were testing out the CCS adapter, and there's no way for us to precondition mm-hmm. the battery because you know there's no right. manual way to do that. And um, it was pulling, I believe, 45 kilowatts, and we were at like about like uh, 35 percent. And we had been driving, so it's like the battery should be warm. And we're like, let's switch to the other one, and then it spiked up to 90 kilowatts. That's so weird. So yeah. I don't know if it's just the older hardware and it's like just starting to fail and like, you know, maybe it just needs more maintenance, but yeah, yeah, it's a, it doesn't make it consistent, especially if now you move to the station that's working and then like a driver drives up to that station. Now it's not working for them. And yeah. Yeah. That needs to, for sure. Yeah. And that's, that's uh, like you said, I, I don't think that's a Ford issue. It could very well be the charging station. That is, that is the issue. So it's hard to like figure that out. But the other part is, on the Ford vehicles, and I asked Todd and Mariah about this on their Lightning, it doesn't show the kilowatts that the car is pulling, which I feel like is a major negative. Like, I understand the the thought behind it that, like, regular drivers shouldn't care about that stuff. Um, but if you plug in and you're expecting the charge time to be 20 minutes and it says it's going to take an hour and a half, 
how are you supposed to if the station yeah. isn't showing what you're pulling like how are you as a like driver supposed to troubleshoot like hey why is this having an issue because it's just saying oh it's going to take longer it's like yeah. well, why is it going to take longer like i wish it just had some more information on there um and just add in this this is something they could easily do in a software update is just show the kilowatts that it's pooling like it's that simple yeah <laughs> um that would basically show you like oh right you're charging at uh 150 kilowatts it's going to take 20 minutes versus oh it's only pulling 60 kilowatts it's it's going to take this long it's like if you don't have that context yeah. and it's hard to figure out like hey why is it taking so long um and Ford does yeah. a great job of showing yeah. like how much energy you're using. Um, I don't know if you've seen that screen in the Ford vehicles, but they show like um, it's basically like the efficiency tab where it's like your acceleration, you're doing like 99%, like you're doing great at like not hard accelerating or decelerating. You're doing a good job here. Yeah. yeah. Or like speed, like this is a lot lower because you're driving at highway speed, so you're not as efficient. If they had something like that for charging to say like, hey, why is my charge going to take so long? It's like, oh, well, you're actually charging at a lower rate than expected. So you can be like, oh, well, maybe something's wrong with the station. Like you can kind of connect those dots. It doesn't necessarily just need to be like a, yeah. a number with no context. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree with you. I mean, like, that's something right. Ford has always done great. Like with their fusion hybrids back in, I think 2010 is when their oh, first really? fusion okay. hybrid came out. They had a little gauge that as you drove it, like it was like a tree and it would like start, you know, blossoming with leaves that way you kind of got a visual idea of, oh, <laughs> I'm driving more green. Um, I, I totally agree with you. I think more companies should utilize visuals to highlight how the car's charging, right. how people are driving. It right. would just make it easier. Um, you actually, you brought up a good point that it could be updated over like, you know, over the year software, right. like some type of software update. Because the ID4 at first didn't have right. the yeah, kilowatt readout when you're charging, and enough people <laughs> complained about it to where Volkswagen updated it. So the new ID4s good, will show you good. your kilowatts, yeah. which is good. You know, it, it gives you an idea. Um, but let me let me ask you, actually ask you this question. So you know, with like kilowatts and like a lot of the engineering terms, how how do you think an everyday driver would look at that and be like, okay, now my car is charging slower? or faster versus like if there was just a simple right. like time readout, like if you had both of those, how would you, so, how would you make that easier for Yeah. So like understand? there's tons of marketing terms for this stuff too, where it's like slow charging or level two charging. And then it's like fast charging and then there's ultra fast charging. And then there's like rapid charging. It's like all these names get super confusing. Whereas like, I think that's okay to have, but I would at least like the option. And I told this to, to Todd Mariah too. I'm like, at least have the option. Like on on phones, there's like you can turn on like a stats for nerds, and it'll give you like the processing stuff on your on your like Android phone. It's like some people don't care about that or never going to use that feature. But like for the ten yeah. to fifteen percent of people that do want to see that, at least give them the ability to turn that on. Um, and that's again like could be a software yeah. update. It's just a toggle in the charging settings where it's like show kilowatts. It's like if you don't know what that is, you're probably not going to turn it on. <laughs> but if you care about that, at least have the option exactly. to show that. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I think, I think that would have to be another like education point where it's like, all right, if that's on by default and you're seeing a low charge rate and your kilowatts is low, are people going to make that connection and be like, Oh, like 
what are they going to, what conclusion are they going to come to? They're like, oh, this station is broken. Or are they like, oh, something's wrong with my car? Like those are, and I'm doing the same yeah. thing. It's like, which one is it? <laughs> so it's hard to, yeah. it's hard as a driver to kind <laughs> yeah. of make that clear that, oh, the, the car is actually having an issue. It can't pull more than this right now for X, Y, Z. And that's why I think that energy screen would be nice where it's like, hey, we're only pulling X amount. We've actually requested this amount from the charger, but the charger is having an issue. Um, or you could be like, hey, we've requested or we can only request this amount because the battery's cold. Like just adding context like that, I think yeah. would be yeah. would be great to just kind of help educate people on what different factors go into that. Like that's that's something a lot of people want to know about, I think, getting into getting into EVs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you actually I guess we're on the same wavelength because I thought the same thing. Like it it should easily describe yeah. like batteries too cold. Once right. battery warms up, right. it'll, it'll charge faster or, you know, whatever. Like, I know Tesla's like, like, you'll get like the little like, <laughs> right. um, snowflake symbol. And then like on the bar, it's like either blue. And like, as you like drive, it will like warm up. Mm. The bolt was like that too. Like there was like a little gray <laughs> line that would like slowly as the battery warmed gotcha. up would like start disappearing. And then a little battery icon would mm. go from gray to green, letting you know that your battery's warmed up. You know, you're going to get the full amount of regen charging gotcha. and, you know, whatever. But even then, like you look at those little visuals, and it's like, well, right. what does the snowflake mean? <laughs> like, it, it's yeah. it's cold outside. Is that what it is? Like, yeah, yeah. I I definitely think that um, when it comes to like teaching drivers, like especially from like a manufacturer standpoint, I think it needs to be crystal clear yeah. that this is what's happening. And even from a charging perspective too, like the network should have like a warning, like you know, it's, it's the exterior temperature is cold. You're going to see a little charger, you know, right. like until it warms right. up or And that's whatever. like, and like, that's been a common thing, yeah. like showing warnings or showing info, like that happens on computers all the time when you like click something you're not supposed to. And it's like, Oh, can't do that right now. Here's the reason <laughs> it's like, yeah. that is a common <laughs> exactly. thing in all the parts of our lives. Like just not adding that context, like really frustrates yeah. me sometimes. Cause it's like, this would be a, such an easy thing to do. Or like out of order signs on like on whatever. It's like that's been a common thing. Like you just know it's out of order. You might not know why, but like at least you're not going to walk up to it and plug in or like go try to use it. <laughs> yeah. Or like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a yeah. common thing. It would be an easy thing to implement. I think. I guess we'll, we'll see how <laughs> right. things play out. It's still, as we know, the wild west. <laughs> right. It's still crazy out there. But, um, so I'm trying to think. How should we how should we wrap up today's episode? Because I know it's been kind of <laughs> all over the place. We've talked everything from fully charged live navigation right. to charging um, our content. Um, I think we should talk about since we're coming up on two years of living electric, which is right. crazy. Yeah, that it's is been it almost two years, two years in January. Um, yeah, Did right. We start in January of like twenty yes twenty one. I think twenty one. So we're like a year yeah. and nine months in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we did take a little bit of a hiatus in, in yeah, the beginning of 2021, but, <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't count. We're, we're on episode right. 60 now. <laughs> um, but I, I think we'd wanted to talk about, like, creating, like, a census to hear what the listeners wanted to hear and, like, what you guys would like right. from us. Yeah, we've gotten, we've gotten a decent amount of feedback from people, like, guests we've had on or just people we've met in, in public or, like, at events and stuff um, about the podcast. But I think we're going to put together, like, kind of a poll or, like, a, a mini survey, hopefully that isn't too in-depth, to basically get feedback from listeners. Because we've, we've gone back and forth just producing the show of figuring out, like, hey, do what people like a lot of guests on the podcast? Or do they like episodes like this where we're just, like, BSing and, like, talking about EV stuff? Yeah. Which can be more fun and entertaining sometimes <laughs> when we're just <laughs> going off on random tangents. Um, 
but <laughs> really just want to get the the listener feedback because this is who we're making the show for is is you all so um we'll put something together and hopefully link it link it down in the description for you to you to check out but i don't know any other any, any other yes. any other thoughts on that <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think I think it would just be good to get something out there, put it posted on our social. Um, you know, we could create a poll maybe like on Twitter or I don't know if Facebook does polls, so. but they yeah. might. Um Yeah. We'll uh <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> but we'll get something out there for yeah. you guys to provide your feedback because you know we always take that to heart and we always want to make our show definitely um better, you know, since you guys definitely. have supported us so far. And we've got like our we usually leave so. our email in the description too if you want to send us a direct note saying, Hey, I hated this or hey, I love this, do more of this, then like we're open to that as well, <laughs> as long as it's like in good faith. <laughs> yes, right. yeah, constructive right. criticism. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So. But well, I think as a quick recap, um, I would love to get your thoughts on one fully charged live. If you guys are going to be there, uh, navigation in Tesla vehicles, as well as all other EVs and, uh, charging experiences, especially because I think it's becoming more common to see examples of where chargers are down. They're not charging as fast as people are expecting right. and so forth. Um, definitely give us, you know, give us your comments. Let us know what you guys have experienced. We'll talk about definitely. it in a future episode. Cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope to see you at Fully Charged Live. Come say hi to us. We're not, we're not, uh, we won't bite. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. Take selfies with us. Definitely. Let's take selfies. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Well, have yeah. a good, uh, good rest of your day, everybody. And we'll talk to you in the next episode.